Well, it's wonderful uh, to see all of you again this evening. Uh, they say that absence makes the heart grow fonder, and I must say that being absent from you for this afternoon has made my heart more fond uh, to be gathered together uh, with you this evening. I love to hear uh, the psalms sung. You guys have done a wonderful job. Uh, oftentimes when we sing uh, at an RP church or graduation or whatever, I'll tell my wife just for a moment, just, just be quiet and just listen. And it sounds as if uh, we're in heaven. So I want you to be encouraged uh, by that as I'm encouraged hearing you sing the Lord's praise. <clears throat> so tonight we're going to be looking at the shepherd's care. The shepherd's care uh, coming from John chapter 10. If you have a Bible, uh, please join me there. <clears throat> as I made reference this morning, um, talking with Pastor Jerry, uh, what would you like me to preach on? And he said an evangelistic sermon, which we looked at this morning, the encouragement to take the gospel out to the nations and seek to win them uh, to Christ. And he also said that this church could do well from hearing a comforting sermon that Jesus is the shepherd, that Jesus is the king, that Jesus uh, guides this flock, comforts this flock, leads and protects his flock. So uh, this evening, as we look at John chapter 10, I want to remind you that Jesus is the good shepherd. Uh, that Jesus cares for his sheep and that you can trust and rest in the work of Jesus. You can trust and rest in the work of Jesus. I want to take just a moment to set the context <clears throat> of this text. John chapter 8, uh, we hear of Jesus having these public debates with the Pharisees, even public condemnations of the Pharisees. And, and Jesus gives us the seven I am statements, which references when the Lord called Moses and said, I am. Uh, Jesus is claiming divinity. Uh, Jesus is claiming publicly to the religious leaders of Israel, I am God in human flesh. I've come to save. I am the promised one. So in, in John chapter 8, Jesus says, Before Abraham was, I am. And they picked up stones to stone him. And yet, apart from his father's will, no one can lay a finger on Jesus. So he goes out, uh, leaving the crowds, and is untouched. And then in John chapter 9, he comes across a man born blind. And Jesus heals this man born blind. And this leads to a confrontation again with the Pharisees. And, and they're saying, is he, is he demon-possessed? And, and, and Jesus again says that, that he's God and gives them uh, the condemnation that they are still in their sins. Now, they've heard the gospel proclaimed to them. They've heard that Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah. They've rejected. Uh, and Jesus says, you are still in your sins. Your guilt remains <clears throat> to end chapter 9. Uh, so transitioning into chapter 10, as Jesus has been confronting the false shepherds and the shepherds who've failed to protect the flock and the people of Israel, Jesus then turns and says that I am the good shepherd. I am the one who's come to save. I'm the one who's come to lead, and I will care and protect <coughs> my sheep. So uh, this evening, I'd like to lay three headings for you this morning. I'd like first to look at the fact that you can rest in your shepherd's care because he leads you. He leads you. And then I'd like to look at how we can rest in the shepherd's care because he protects you. He protects you. And then lastly, I'd like to encourage us to remember that we can rest in our shepherd's care because he will expand his flock. It won't just stay in Israel as we're going to see in our text. It's going to expand, which if you look around includes uh, you and I. What a blessing that is. So, uh, John chapter 10, <clears throat> I'd like to read uh, from verse 1 to verse 19. 
and then I'll pray, and we'll jump in. And uh, like we did this morning, I want to remind you, uh, this is God's holy word. Let's give our attention now to it. This is Jesus speaking. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought all of his when he's brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow. But they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Verse 7, so Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep He sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay my life down for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay my life down, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God remains forever. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless the preaching of the word. Uh, Father, we do thank you for this plan from before the foundation of the world, for you to call us by your grace, the voice of our good shepherd, to send your spirit to awaken our hearts, to see our need, to give us ears to hear our shepherd calling. And we pray, O God, that you would um, now open our hearts all the more to receive this message. And Father, I do pray, as I stand before your sheep, they need to be fed. And I pray that they would hear the voice of the Good Shepherd uh, speaking from your word uh, to be fed, sanctified, saved, edified, and strengthened. Be with us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the recent study has shown that homes with a security system are 300% more likely to, excuse me, homes without a security system 
<laughs> are 300% more likely to be broken into than homes that have a security system. The FBI stated that 83% of would-be burglars check for the presence of an alarm system. Numbers of homes with security systems were expected to increase from 3 million in 2014 to 20 million in 2020. A vice president of the security company, ADT, said, quote, you cannot overvalue the sense that comes with a peace of mind. In inviting people to, to invest in security systems, there's a, there's a peace of mind that you can't put a price tag upon. And the bottom line really is that you and I want to feel safe. We want to feel secure. It's only human nature for us to desire a sense of comfort and a sense of safety. But our ultimate peace and safety must come from the Lord who watches over us. We sang this morning, or we sang just earlier that, that the sword and the bow, that those aren't where our trust ought to be for our defense. But it ought to be in the Lord, the Lord's kindness, the Lord's protection, the Lord's love for us, that He cares, He will protect, and He will defend. And so I call you this evening to rest in Jesus for the protection of your soul. Rest in Jesus for the protection of your soul. First, I'd like to look from verses 3 and 4. You can rest in your shepherd's care because your shepherd leads you. Your shepherd leads you. Verse 3 and verse 4. Let me read these again for us. To him, that's the shepherd, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he's brought out all of his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. This may sound like a weird understanding for us, being that we're not uh, typically dealing with sheep and, and farmers and, and this kind of lifestyle. But, but Jesus was speaking to people who would know exactly what he was saying in regards to sheep and shepherds. The gatekeeper would be at the community sheep corral. So shepherds could bring their sheep in to a community corral and drop their sheep off for a time being. Whether they were visiting or they were traveling and they needed a, a place to stay. And sheep of all different folds could come into one community sheepfold. And what would happen is there was a gatekeeper given charge that only the shepherds could get the sheep. This is why Jesus is speaking about thieves and robbers climbing over the wall. They couldn't get through the gatekeeper. Only the shepherds could come through the gatekeeper. And this is why Jesus is saying, I can go in. The, the gatekeeper allows me in because I'm the shepherd. The thieves and robbers were hoping to get in through the gate to fleece the flock. And that's who he's speaking to now as he's engaged in a public debate with the religious leaders. You are the thieves and the robbers, he's saying, as everyone is listening. You were given the charge to feed the sheep of God. And you've led them astray. You've tied them down with heavy burdens of trying to keep your man-made laws. You're killing them. You're fleecing the flock. You're getting fat off of their slaughter. But you're starving the sheep. And Jesus has come as the true shepherd to lead them. 
as the religious leaders have failed. They were supposed to lead and direct the people in God's grace to follow the Lord in their faithfulness, looking to His grace and kindness. And they've failed. They've utterly failed. They've led the people astray. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Reading through the Old Testament, you'll see many times as it speaks of this language of shepherds. I think uh, most, the one that sticks out to me the most comes from Ezekiel 34, the indictment against the shepherds. You were supposed to care for my people, and they're starving. You were supposed to care for my lambs, and you've led them astray. The wolves have come in. You failed the indictment against the leaders or the supposed leaders. You didn't care about their needs. You didn't bind up the broken. You led them astray. And when difficulty came, you, you ran. At the first sign of trouble, you were out. And my people suffered. But God makes a promise there in Ezekiel 34 that He would be their shepherd. That He would send the prince, the greater David, to lead His people, to lead the flock. And Jesus right here is fulfilling this prophecy and saying, I'm the one who was promised to come because you, you have failed. But I am the good shepherd. He's setting before them a stark contrast. Jesus' loving care compared to their lack of compassion. And Jesus desires their nourishment, their protection and and the religious leaders, they, they, they could care less. As long as they're in the high places in the synagogue and people are giving them the greetings, they, they don't care about the sheep. Jesus has the permission to go into the corral given by his father. The others have jumped over the wall. They weren't even supposed to be there. They brought damage to the flock. Only the shepherd would be allowed in to the sheep, and he would call them. He would call them. He knows them by name. There's a deep personal relationship. Jesus says that my sheep know me just like I know my father. There's a deep covenantal relationship here between the sheep and the shepherd. As he calls them out, he would just call them by name, and they would come. I saw a video uh, where in, in real life, in modern day, a shepherd uh, gave a call. And the sheep came running. And, and others came and they gave a call. They, they said the same words. And the sheep didn't listen to them. But they knew the voice of their shepherd. They came running from the hills because they heard the shepherd's voice. And they know their shepherd and their shepherd cares for them. The shepherd, as he calls the sheep out, he would inspect the sheep. They've been away for maybe a night or a couple of nights in, in the care of a community sheep corral, and, and he needed to do a once-over to make sure they were okay, to make sure they were nourished, to make sure that there weren't any scrapes or, or breaks or bumps or bruises. He would care for them. These are his sheep, and he can't lose them. If, he loses, if a shepherd loses his sheep, he loses his income. He loses everything that he has. He must care for his sheep. And a good shepherd does care for his sheep. He knows them intimately. He looks after them. He, he leads them out to green pastures. 
He leads them beside still waters. He cares for his sheep. The rod and staff of the shepherd, they would comfort the sheep. The sheep would be anointed with oil if need be. The shepherd would care for the sheep because he loves his sheep. I just want to present to you um, as this church, you've been in a difficult season. And, and I don't know all the details. It's not my business. But, but I know that it hasn't been easy for a time uh, at this church But I want you to rest that Jesus is your shepherd. You are his lambs. He cares for you. He's not going to lose one of his sheep. He goes before them. He comes behind them. He walks with them. He gets into the yoke and pulls forward with them. He cares for their need, for their food, for their nourishment, because he loves his sheep. I want to remind you of that. The love that Jesus has. He's leading this church in a season. And we don't know exactly what or for how long, but, but He is watching over you rest in the care of your shepherd because He leads you. He leads you. And how do we know that the shepherd leads us and really cares for us? How do, how do we know that? Now, we can say that. Jesus says that. But what's really the proof that He cares He also protects us. You can rest in your shepherd's care because he leads you. And he proves that he leads you because he protects you. He protects you. This comes from verse 11. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. What does a good shepherd do? How does a good shepherd prove that he's good? How does a good shepherd prove that he loves his sheep and the sheep can trust him? The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep lays his life down for the sheep. Here Jesus gives us a very clear, you can't miss this statement of the substitutionary atonement that he provides. He lays his life down for his sheep. So again, that we're not in, <clears throat> we're not in uh, really familiar with the idea of shepherding or sheep. Uh, what are some things that a sheep would have to worry about? might be foreign to us, but, but biblically speaking, it would be very well understood during this time. The sheep would worry about robbers. Jesus already mentions that. The sheep would worry about thieves coming in to steal, an easy steal, a sheep or, or sheep out in the field away from their shepherd. There were lions and there were bears who were looking for a free, easy meal. A sheep is pretty defenseless. So, so they, were, they were prey to thieves, robbers, bears, lions. There were all kinds of things that could happen to a sheep. A defenseless lamb would be an easy meal for a hungry bear or a lion. But there's one problem that a bear or a lion or a thief or a robber has if they want to take a sheep, if they want to take a lamb. And the problem is a shepherd who loves them, a shepherd who defends them, A shepherd who's willing to stand before his sheep and say, these are my sheep. I will protect my sheep. I'll do whatever it takes to keep my sheep safe. And a lamb is never more safe than when he's right beside his shepherd. Out in the mountains, out away 
far away with the thunder and the lightning. A lamb is in danger. But when they're right next to their shepherd, that's the safest place that a sheep can be, a lamb can be. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he protects his people. But I want to lay out to you um, an example that we get from the scripture. So if you would, turn in your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17, to give us maybe a better picture of the idea of a shepherd. 1 Samuel chapter 17. During this time, the nation of Israel is under attack by the Philistines. And you know this famous uh, Sunday school story that, that Goliath shows up on the scene and he's, he's taller than any man and he's bigger and stronger. He's a, he's a warrior. He's been fighting since he was a youth. And, and he comes out so arrogantly against God's people and essentially says, one for one, I'll fight whoever you've got. If we win, you're our slaves. If someone can kill me knowing that he's the biggest, strongest man and no one can, then we'll be your slaves. And he's so arrogantly oppressing and provoking God's people. And we remember just the history of it, that that David was a shepherd at the time. And David comes to, to visit his brothers who are fighting. And David sees this arrogant Philistine harassing God's people. David, as a youngest son, was left to tend the flock. But really, it's, it's not a matter of David being weak. It wasn't a punishment for him to guard the sheep. It was just the way that it worked out for him. But David actually uses this as a chance to say, I'm ready to fight this Philistine because I've been a shepherd. I want to start in verse 32. Verse 32 <clears throat> David said to Saul, in light of Goliath's antagonation, um, David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. I'll go fight him. This uncircumcised Philistine is not going to talk to God's people like that while I'm around. I'll go fight him, just as a young man. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight him. For you are but a youth, and he's been a man of war from his youth. This man's been fighting longer than you've been alive. You can't go against Goliath. But I'd like you to look in verse 34. What is is part of David's defense? David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. Talk about a defense of the position of being a shepherd. You want to know why I can go against this, this giant? I served as a shepherd for my father's my father's sheep. I served as a shepherd. Here's my credentials. Here's my resume. When there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and I struck him and delivered him out of his mouth. I delivered my lambs. And if he rose against me, if this lion or this bear rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine, he shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, 
and the Lord be with you. David makes a defense and shows his resume of why he can fight Goliath. Yes, ultimately in God's grace and God's power working through him. But David said, I I was a shepherd of the sheep. I protected my father's lambs. I've gone to war with lions and bears. I can go to war against this guy. I won't fear because of the training that I've had and the experience that I've gotten as a shepherd. When a bear and a lion came, what what did David do? I went after him. I, I hunted him down. I pursued him. I struck him and I killed him. David knew the importance of protecting the sheep. And this it wouldn't be an easy job. It would not be an easy job. I heard one pastor say that a shepherd is a man's man. A shepherd is a man's man. Out in the field for could be weeks or months at a time. Lions, bears, robbers, and thieves. Many accounts have been been stated of shepherds being killed by robbers, killed by thieves, killed by bears and lions. And David, as a type of Christ, says, I've fought those and I've won protecting my father's lambs. He stands between a hungry lion and his lunch. He holds up his rod and staff and is ready to lay down his life for his sheep. It's as if the shepherd says, over my dead body, will you get one of these lambs? I will die before I'll let you take one of my sheep. And that's the way that our good shepherd fights for us and defends us and protects us. Jesus standing in front of you as his precious lambs, protecting you from all of your enemies, protecting, reigning, and defending And subduing all of his and our enemies. This is Jesus as our shepherd. But unlike David, if David would have been killed by the lion or the bear or a a thief or a robber, the sheep would have had no protection. There would have been nothing. They would have been scattered. But... In the full picture of redemption, when the greater David lays down his life in the protection of the sheep, he doesn't leave the sheep open and doesn't leave them astray. That's actually how he purchases the sheep. The substitutionary life and death of Jesus is what protects the sheep. His death gives them life. Jesus, as your shepherd, has laid his life down for you. And purchased your redemption. In the gospel, the the bad news that we need to understand before we understand the good news is that we were under the curse of the law. We were defenseless, just like these lambs. We had no hope. We couldn't protect and defend ourselves. And when the terrors of the night, the terrors of the law, the terrors of the sin and the fallen nature uh, approached in upon us, after we had run away like sheep, after we had gone astray, our shepherd came for us. Our shepherd laid down his life for us in our place, bearing our sin and guilt upon himself. He died that the sheep may live. 
But our shepherd didn't just lay down his life. Jesus says here, I have authority to lay it down and to take it back up. We serve a living shepherd, a living king. How do we know that, how do you know that Jesus loves you? He went to the cross. How do you know that God has accepted you into the fold? Because he raised him from the dead. We serve a living king. We serve a good shepherd who protects us by laying down his life for us. As Satan stands to accuse you of your sins, Jesus intercedes for you. As your conscience may condemn you for your guilt, Jesus stands to protect and defend you. As the law demands your judgment, Jesus pleads his merit on your behalf. And as difficulty, trial, and tribulation press in upon you, Jesus stands as your shield and your defender. Jesus is your good shepherd and he protects you. He defends you and he leads you. My dear brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ fights for you. He goes to war for you. There's no enemy that can stand against him. We're talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and Omega, the firstborn from the dead, Jesus, the conqueror of the grave. He fights for you. The one who came to crush the head of the serpent, your shepherd, your good shepherd, protects you, defends you, leads you. Trust in him. He's he's proven it with an empty tomb. Trust in Jesus. Rest in his work. You can trust in Jesus because he leads and protects you. Jesus didn't die so that he could lose his sheep. He died so that he could purchase his sheep, so that he could redeem his sheep. So I want you to remember to trust in your shepherd because he leads you. Trust in your shepherd because he protects you and fights for you. And lastly, trust in your shepherd because he will grow his flock. He's not done calling his lambs. You heard by God's effectual call when Jesus called you, come to me and live. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, you who are under the law. Come to me and live. But he's not done calling people to himself. This is good news. This is hope. This is hope. He will build his flock. Verse 16. Excuse me. Uh, Back in John chapter 10, verse 16. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them. There's a command here. There's an absolute necessity. I must bring my sheep. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus has the roll call of the elect chosen before the foundation of the world. He's not going to miss any one of them. He's not going to miss anyone to whom the Father has given to him to purchase. He's going to advance his people. He's going to build his flock. He's going to call them, and they will come to him, and they will be saved. 
<clears throat> now, as Jesus is speaking to the Jewish people, <clears throat> he's condemned them and spoken against them, and so did John the Baptist several times. You think you're safe because you're children of Abraham? God can raise children of Abraham from these stones. You think that because you have the covenant signs, that's enough? You've got to put your faith in the Messiah. Don't, don't base yourself upon your own self-righteousness and the fact that you're children of Abraham by physical descendant. The Jews would say, we're, we're descendants of Abraham. We have the law. We have the prophets. God's promised us. God's called us. We have the covenant signs. <clears throat> but Jesus here is telling the Jews, they're not the only ones who will receive the grace of God. And in fact, in context of our text, he just condemned the Jews who thought that they were good enough to get into the kingdom. Your guilt remains, he says, but I've got other sheep that will listen. I've got other sheep who will come. I've got other sheep who know their need for me and the Lord's grace. This is nearly blasphemous for the Jews to hear this. Talk about picking up stones and being angry. We're, we're, we're outside of the kingdom of God, and you're going to go to the Gentiles? There was a distinction at this time. <clears throat> and we remember uh, Jesus dealing with a Canaanite woman. Uh, her daughter was demon-possessed, if you remember that story. And, and she goes to Jesus and says, will you heal my daughter? And Jesus says, no, I, I came for the lost sheep of Israel. I, that's who I came for. And we remember her faith. Jesus said, I didn't come for the dogs to steal the food from the children and give to the dogs. And she says, but even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And he says, your faith, your faith in me, regardless of who you came from or what descendant or bloodline you have, your faith has made it be so. Go, and her, her daughter was, was healed. But first, the message of the Messiah was to come to the Jews. That's first and foremost. As we looked uh, at this morning, it wasn't until later that the apostles were finally sent out. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all the ends of the earth. It, it began here with the Jewish people. But Jesus said it's going to happen to the Gentiles. I have others to call. This kingdom is going to expand it's, it's going to grow. There's going to be a great multitude from every tribe, nation, and tongue. That's exciting news. I like to think of those who were seated with Jesus and, and who walked with Jesus. <clears throat> he has tax collectors, fishermen, political zealots, devout Jews, prostitutes, drunks, sinners, Gentiles, a whole variety of of people. And Jesus promises to bring them in and even more. Uh, this gospel is so good. This message is so fantastic. It can't just stay here. It's, it's going to explode. It's got to go out. And everyone needs to know that our God is worthy of praise and that Jesus is going to be saving even the Gentiles. This message, this flock is going to grow. The father is preparing for his son's wedding. We looked at that just briefly this morning. But that's what all of creation is going towards. The, the Lamb's Supper, the end of all things. And there will be those who've come from all kinds of walks of life. From all over the place. 
The Jews, yes. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue. In this room, there's several nations represented. Isn't this exciting that God is going to to grow and bring more people in? He's so devoted to saving that he's going out and will be saving. I'd like to quote to you quickly an old hymn. Lord, thou hast here thy ninety and nine. Are they not enough for thee? But the shepherd made answer, this of mine has wandered away from me. And although the road be rough and steep, I go to the desert to find my sheep. I go to the desert to find my sheep. He's saying it's not enough to have just the 99. I want to go for the the one more. I want to expand and go to the Gentiles. I have sheep not yet in the fold who I need to go to. And as as his representatives, we need to go to, to call them to the gospel of Jesus Christ as their good shepherd. He's determined to build every, he's determined to build his flock, to track down every single one of his sheep. And as a Christian, that that includes you. That that is such good news. To think of the love of God for for a sinner like me gone astray. I don't deserve that. He should have just stayed with the Jews. But by his grace, he's come for us. He's not willing that any should perish. But I'm going to go out and call more into this fold. This fold will build. And more and more will come to worship the king and sing of his praises. Home security systems are, uh, those with home security systems are safer than those without. Uh, There's a sense of security. There's a sense of comfort that's given to the homeowner. And there's a prevention of crime. There's a sense of going out of town and knowing my home is okay because of this protection. You'll sleep easier at night with a home security system. Those are facts. But you as a Christian, you have the greatest protection you could ever hope for. You have a shepherd who leads. You have a shepherd who protects. And not just your home, but your soul. Your eternal soul. This is eternal protection that you can trust now and forever. Jesus is the good shepherd. And he calls his own to himself. Whoever enters in by him, the door will be saved. And so as we close, I just want to ask, is Jesus your shepherd? Is he your personal shepherd? Not just because maybe you're a member of a church or grew up in a church context, but is he your shepherd? Is he yours? Have you been called out into his blessed fold? Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, but come to a loving shepherd who lays his life down for his sheep, who lays his life down for you. Believe in his promises of salvation. And you can call upon him from your place of distress. No matter how far you've roamed, no matter how much of a mess you've made of your life, no matter how many covenant promises you have failed to keep, no matter how much disgrace you have brought, call upon the shepherd who knows, who desires to save. No matter how buried you are under the guilt of sin, call upon him. He will come for you. 
He will gather you up in his nail-pierced hands, and he will carry you to be with him in the kingdom of God forever. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your promises of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for your unbelievable, unsearchable riches of grace. And Father, we have been your lambs who've gone astray, and you do not desire any to perish, but sent the Lord Jesus, not for the righteous, but the unrighteous, to leave the 99 and to go for the one. He is our leader, our protector, our defender. And you've promised that your gospel will advance. And we thank you for that. Cause us to rest this day, to rest in you. I pray for this church, Lord, in their future, the difficulties that they've been through, that you would comfort them, that they would know that they are your precious lambs, that Jesus guides them, that they can trust him and that they would stay close to him every moment from now and forever. And be with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.